between the years when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of, when shining kingdoms lay spread across the world. Hither came Conan, the Cimmerian, sword in hand. It is I, his chronicler, who knows well his saga. Now let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the leftist podcast dedicated to the reevaluation of your favorite crappy films. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. <laughs> <laughs> that was my awful uh, Mako impression, because today, uh, for this bonus episode, we're doing Conan the Destroyer from 1984. Hell yeah, folks. Uh, so, if you listened to our last episode, that was Conan 2011. Um, and maybe you thought that was all the Conan you were getting this week. Well, that's true if you are not one of our Patreon subscribers. If you are in Ooh. that elite few, uh, soon to be <laughs> the elite many, uh, yes. you have double Conan this week. Yeah, barbarians can't count, so um, one is the same as two, I guess. <laughs> uh, so this is the sequel to Conan the Barbarian, also starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Um the differences here, obviously, majority of cast is different, um, different director as well. Uh, yep. We don't have the uh, raging fascist uh, John Milnes <laughs> this time. Uh, we have the yes. workman action director uh, Richard Fleischer, uh, yep. probably best known for... Well, the reason he was hired is because uh, they were copying a lot of his style with the first Conan, and they were, especially his film The Vikings, starring uh, Kirk yeah. Douglas. Um, and uh, he actually made the uh, the original Doctor Doolittle movie. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, apparently, I'm seeing here Tora Tora Tora. Yes, Tora Tora Tora. Soylent Green is, and Mandingo. Yeah. So that is a hell of a career. <laughs> insane career. I've only seen Soylent Green out of those. Um, I didn't know it was him, but it's great. It's a fun movie. I've only seen this. So. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't list every movie he's made, so I mean, you you and I may have seen other films of his. He's he's very much a, a workman, prolific uh, director. Well, he's dead now. He was those things. But yeah, I I think I've alluded to this before on the on the show. But one of my guilty pleasures is the first Conan the Barbarian, um, the the Mil- the Milius Milius directed one. Um, it's definitely fascist for sure. <laughs> it's a very fascist movie. Um, the, I do I do appreciate um, and I, I did allude to this in earlier in 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 um, Pulp Month, but I do like Conan stories. I do like uh, Robert E. Howard as a writer. He's a very, I mean, talk about workmanship, but like workman crafting. He uh, he basically got paid. I don't want I don't know if like it was specifically by the page, like kind of like a Charles Dickens thing. Oh, okay. But he was yeah. just, but the the point is he was churning these stories out that like in in publications like weird tales sure um stuff like that just endless um he was also famous for corresponding and being friends with hp lovecraft oh. um two aristocratic snooty fashy <laughs> um mama's boys yeah who are like supremely delicate and like lily white but they they love their like masculine or Howard loved his masculine heroes. Right. Yeah. Where's he from? Because uh, you know, obviously Lovecraft's from New England. 
Lovecraft is from New England and Robert E. Howard, Robert e. Howard is from Texas, actually. Oh, interesting. Um, so that's my that's my heritage right there. From New England, moved to Texas. <laughs> um, and I actually have a poem here to start, get us started off. Um, the poem is called Samaria, and Conan's a Samarian. Um, and the the introductory the introduction to the poem says. Written in Mission, Texas, February 1932. Damn. Suggested by the memory of the hill country above Fredericksburg, seen in a mist of winter rain. As I read this, um, not very far to the east of Fredericksburg, um, underneath a winter rain, it's February, it's kind of drizzly today, so it's very appropriate. Shit, you are um, Howard. That's just it. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. I am, I am, yeah, right now. <laughs> um, so the poem, Samaria. I remember... The dark woods, masking slopes of somber hills, the gray clouds let in everlasting arch, the dusky streams that flowed without a sound, and the lone winds that, that whispered down the passes. Vista on vista marching, hills on hills, slope beyond slope, each dark with sullen trees, our gaunt land lay. So when a man climbed up, a rugged peak and glazed, his shaded eye, saw but the endless vista, hill on hill, slope beyond slope, each hooded like its brothers. It was a gloomy land that seemed to hold, all winds and clouds and dreams that shun the sun, with bare boughs rattling in the lonesome winds, in the dark woodlands brooding over all, not even lighted by the rare dim sun, which made squat shadows out of men. They called it Samaria, land of darkness and deep night. It was so long ago and far away, I have forgot the very name men called me. The axe and flint-tipped spear are like a drum, and, hu- and hunts and wars are shadows. I recall only the stillness of that somber land, the clouds that piled forever on the hills, the dimness of the everlasting woods, Samaria, land of darkness in the night. O soul of mine, born out of the shadowed hills, to clouds and wind and ghosts that shun the sun, how many deaths shall serve to break at last, this heritage which wraps me in the gray, apparel of ghosts. I search my heart and find, Samaria, land of darkness in the night. Beautiful. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Um, so that, that kind of is, that sums up like Howard. He's... Um, a little purple prosy. He he certainly loves his like fancy fancy adjectives and and and, sim- and similes and everything. Um, but there's there's like this very primal drum beat to uh, all of his stuff, um, specifically Conan. Um, this fascination with like grimness and and like this world where magic is just the illusions that men cling to, and and the only thing that matters um, beyond the degenerate stretch of civilization is like the the barbarian living living beyond that um which you can you can easily extrapolate how that would that would turn to uh fascist narratives in the hand of a maniac like milius yeah for sure um and i think all of that is is more encapsulated in the first film as opposed to this one um you know it's obviously still uh, a conan film uh, it still has a lot of that aesthetic um but yeah, this is a a, a goofier film, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um it is I I would say just in um as much as I know about Richard Fleischer, it is it is um definitely shaped by his sensibilities, um the more kind of like old Hollywood um mm-hmm. B picture uh, type filmmaking um where that line between, you know, the more serious and 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 the more uh, comedic is kind of blurred sometimes. Um, much like, uh, unfortunate, more unfortunately, are more uh, common Hollywood uh, blockbusters uh, where those lines are blurred all the time. Um, yes. But uh, just um, not well, not well, not well, folks. <laughs> uh, 
the the comedic the comedic relief bits in this movie aren't too annoying. Um, no, they're they're rote. They're they're kind of eye rolly, but they're not like the, our we're, we're going to rag on our hobby horse again. But like they're not like MCU style like yeah. <laughs> like humor. I had to do it to him, folks. I had to do it to him. <laughs> had to had to do it to me. <laughs> um. So yeah, in this in this uh, movie, return in this one, of course, is um, the Governor him, himself uh, as Conan <laughs> the Destroyer, um, or Conan the Barbarian, I guess. Um, I don't really get the title. I don't understand it. But the title's really generic. It has nothing to do with the plot. Yeah. Um, he's like Conan the team player instead of Conan the it's Destroyer. It's true. Yeah. The the D and D master. Yeah. Uh, we also have th- this supporting cast is is wild. Um, we have Grace Jones. Wilt Chamberlain, yes, that Wilt Chamberlain, yes, that guy, um, Mako, uh, the guy who did the voice of Aku and Uncle Iroh, um, Tracy Walter, Sarah Douglas, Olivia Dabo, Pat Roach, Jeff Corey, and Andre the Giant. Yep, as um, a Power Rangers villain. <laughs> yeah, made made from clay, uh, sent down by Rita Repulsa. Definitely, <laughs> that's that's not too inaccurate based on what we've seen no movie. it's true he does come from a statue actually yeah yeah <laughs> we'll get into that and he's later. struck he's struck by lightning to like bring him to life too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, incredible folks yeah so this film was uh made in mexico actually mm-hmm. uh at the same time as a- another episode of ours uh dune the film yeah. Dune, was um filmed in mexico both of these are Dino De Laurentiis productions, um, mm-hmm. and he was known for his uh, cost cutting. So, uh, yeah, he just used the same crew, more or less. Uh, obviously, awesome. different casts, but uh, the same different crew. Different director. Different director. Uh, this, yeah, this is not made by uh, David Lynch, although a David Lynch Conan would be incredible. There, there are a number of interesting um, Conan stories that I've read that, like, that are really creepy that would lend themselves well to, to a Lynchian aesthetic, I think. If you're listening, Mr. Lynch. Mr. Lynch. Call us. <laughs> I have a proposition for you. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, filmed in Mexico. Uh, this actually kind of begins like a Dune movie, very Dune-esque. Um, starts in the desert, um, early morning, like sun-drenched landscape, um, you know, riders on the horizon type stuff. Yeah, and even um, even after that, there's establishing shots, like the, fir- the very first fight scene when we first meet Conan and his thief buddy, Tracy Walter. Um even even that setting, it's like like very white rock. It almost looks like chalky, um, like sand and everything. And that that seems like kind of dunish to me too. Yeah, definitely, probably the same location. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the this movie. Speaking of that, uh, cost cutting budget. Um, it costs. <laughs> we don't know how much it costs to yeah. make. We have sixteen or eighteen million dollars. Um, so that small that small difference of two million dollars just kind of. Apparently it was it was laundered or something. <laughs> Would not put it past Dino De Laurentiis. No, um, but it did make back its box uh, its box office uh, at thirty one million dollars. So like respectable showing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was only released in the United States though, because that's the, the that's the domestic budget. I mean the domestic mm-hmm. box office, but I cannot find an international box office for this movie. Interesting. Which is weird. Like I'm sure the first one was yeah. released internationally. I don't know. I mean, and the first one, the first one was fairly fairly popular. So like e- even like a a lesser sequel would would still have gotten a wide release. I would imagine. Right. I I don't know what's going on with these numbers. They're really strange. But um, suffice it to say, I mean, yeah, it made its budget back, but 
um, barely. So mm-hmm. somewhat of a flop, I would consider right. it. And the uh, tomato meter um, numbers that we have here also qualify uh, <laughs> yes. this for the, this movie for the show because uh, tomato meter is 26%, uh, 38% for the audience um, percentage, which is lower than I would expect mm-hmm. because the, f- the first one's definitely a cult classic. Yeah, it's surprising. I mean, you'd think everybody who likes the first one has at least seen this movie, but the fact that they all hate it so much is is baffling to me. I mean, I guess people just like, you know, the hive mind takes over. I don't know. I, w- I, will, I will say that the two could not be more tonally different. Like, right. Um, th- this one's much more like of a buddy, pratfall comedy, kind of slapstick fantasy action like, like like a more conventional movie for for sure like what we were talking about earlier um so i i think like fans of like the grimness of the first one would think this is like the dumb watered down kids version yeah i guess that's true and especially you know i mean if if this audience score is you know people of our age who are watching these on vhs or dvd i mean i think we've kind of been poisoned by like that grim dark sentiment in media for so long that people probably yeah. expect the first one and and you know don't know what to do when they see the second one they're just like this is this is goofy and i don't know what movies sure. like this are like like what how did this get made um, but I don't know. I mean, we'll talk about it more, but I, I don't think this movie's terrible. No, neither do I. Um, we do have a portion of a review here from the Chicago Reader. Yeah, it's by just David a capsule Kerr. review. It's, I think it's the whole review. Sure. Okay. So we have the whole review here. Uh, shorter than the poem I just read. <laughs> um, <laughs> Care writes, John Houston got all the publicity, but Richard Fleischer kept turning them out. Conan the Destroyer was his 44th film since 1946. Holy shit. Yeah, ridiculous. There's nothing very special about it, apart from the sense of relaxed and happy professionalism it exudes. For Fleischer, it's simply a question of getting the job done with as little fuss or pretension as possible, and with a little humor, a little violence, a little sex, and a few low-key special effects, he does. It's a pretty fair review that I I agree with for the most part. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to take a long one. I mean, honestly, for this, it's just... yeah. Get in, get out. I think that's accurate. Yeah, I, I do like the stripped down um, aesthetic of it because that very much plays into the the Conan aesthetic, right? It's like yeah, <laughs> he 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 existed in an antique war, like in an, in an antique land, um, but around him were relics and are like other ancient artifacts, suggesting that like there was grander and more impressive things before. And so, like filming this on a shoestring budget conveys that whether they meant it or not they didn't mean that probably but not, like no. that but but that's how i interpreted it and, it and it works in kind of a backwards way i think it does yeah i think it works more than the conan 2011 does um but mm-hmm. uh listen to our previous episode for more on that <laughs> folks <laughs> yes for all of our obviously previously stated uh, opinions that we haven't <laughs> said yet to each other <laughs> Um, but what don't we like about this movie? Where where do we side with the, the 70 and 80%? I mean, if there are um, individuals who watch this film who um, kind of have like a um, film and screenplay structure analysis of this, um, I, for those of you, I would agree that this uh, the second act really sags. I think most people yeah. would say the second Definitely. act, I, I really don't remember what even happens in the second act. Um, the beginning of the second act, yes, with the with the crystal castle, but other than that, right. I do not know what happens. Yeah, not much. There's um, 
I think a big flaw of that is a lot of the traveling by horseback scenes yeah. are very interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you have something like Lord of the Rings where like in those movies, whenever the, the fellowship walks from point A to point B, um, it's always, it always looks different. Like they're always in a different kind of environment. Right. Um, there's either like a forest or like they're walking past a lake or like they're walking through a mountain. It's very, even though it's like a generic, just like walking scene, you can still place it. Um, cause it's so, it's so evocative in your, in your memory. Mm. I do remember the forest scene there is that one scene in a forest the only forest i think in this whole movie everything else is desert Mm -hmm. more or less um Mm -hmm. but it was just like a very uninspiring fight scene i i I can't tell you what happens in it yeah that's when they get ambushed and they try to steal the princess again yeah yeah where we keep um getting these like obvious hints that wilt chamberlain is a bad guy but like (laughs) arnold is just too stupid to figure it out (laughs) And that 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 rankles me. That's something I dislike about this movie. Um, Conan's too dumb. Yeah, he he's super dumb. dumb. Yeah, um, he's just a big, strong, dumb guy. Um, and one of the cool things about the stories is that he he's not a genius by any stretch in the movie in the in the stories, but he's he's like clever and cunning. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, well, he's and supposed that, to be like the that, king of thieves, right? So like he should be smart. <laughs> yeah, and actually that that is um, another interesting thing. The very first Conan story that was ever published. Um, I think it was uh, the the Phoenix on the Sword. Um, Conan is older; he's like in his forties or fifties, and he's already a king. Huh. The very first one, interesting. Yeah, um, and then in like the next few, it like jumps to like decades before when he's like still like a vagabond thief, barbarian warrior. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, so very like scattershot approach. Um, but yeah, he's he is what the stereotype of him is in this movie Mm -hmm. oh yeah for sure um and i don't know maybe that's like we have arnold to blame like i don't know he's a good actor but like he can't like pretend to be a smart person (laughs) no he arnold is is very good in in a very limited range of um of roles and in in this role for this movie is not one of them yeah no um, I mean, perfect casting, right? Like, if you think of Conan, yeah. you think of, like, the, the classic paintings of Conan, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger fits the bill. Um, besides, I guess, the hair, right? Doesn't, like, Conan have more, like, jet black hair? Jet black hair, and that is another uncomfortable thing about Howard we'll get to in a second. But, yeah, he has, like, jet black hair, and he has more of, like, a, a more of, like, a ruddy, darker um, complexion, too. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So, he's an Italian. Um. <laughs> Yeah, basically. Um, I think the Sumerians, and, and this is this is where the really uncomfortable stuff comes out. Um, there, there are different ethnic groups in the in these stories that are consistent throughout them, um, and the Sumerians. There, I think they're modeled after um, like ancient Irish people more so. <laughs> what? Which, which, yeah, which is um, does not come across in terms of like how they're described. No, but like, but and, and this this is where it gets crazy. Like. There's basically like Africans and Jews, and and they're they're described like how you're thinking they would be described. It, it's like no, like like hook nosed arch like devious archers oh who will stab God. you in the back. Oh yeah, my it, God. it's Jesus and, Christ. And it's it's not even subtle because like um I, I forget what these fantasy nations are called, but like at one point Howard does like list them all out. Like these people became Ethiopians. These people became like assyrians or whatever and like what yeah oh it's um God. like like what, he was writing the stories from the perspective like 
they actually all took place sure, in like yeah. an ancient, ancient, ancient earth. Um, but oh yeah, my it's God, that's incredible. Him, him, and Lovecraft, man, they were, they were, LARPing aristocrats, basically. Yeah, yeah. When they wrote, they had uh, their pens or ink pens in like calipers. That's how they. Uh, yes. That's how they hold, held them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's um. That stuff is, is thankfully left out of, of these movies for the most part. Yeah, for the most part, honestly. Um, I know Roger Ebert and some other critics and like actual film theorists uh, were very critical of the first one um, for its portrayal of race specifically, mm. um, mm-hmm. especially James Earl Jones as like the the shifty, seductive black man. A literal snake yeah, charmer. literal snake like charmer. <laughs> Um, but you know, they try to course correct that uh, they try to course correct a lot with this movie. Um, yeah. there, there is some like, like, you know, success, of course, there is some like benign eighties racism, right? Like the, the Grace Jones character, she mentions like, Oh, in my tribe, all, all females are warriors and, and you just take a man if you want one. It's kind of playing into that, like, yeah. like uncomfortable again, by no means as, as racist as Howard himself was. Right. Like, right. But, like, uncomfortable, like, oh, I guess all black women are like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, probably they thought that was, like, feminist, actually. You know? Yes, like, that's the problem. Sure. I think they think a lot of what they're doing is, you know, what we would consider woke by today's standards. Um, but, like, yeah. 80s version of wokeness, which is just like, okay, like, yeah, we'll just put, like, a few more people of color in this movie. Have them say some things that we think are empowering, but, like, very much are not. I mean that's why i was saying like benign racism like like this movie doesn't even touch on that stuff enough i think for most people to pick up on it but it's just like just unthinking of a represent representation of the attitude of the day Mm -hmm. yeah i mean and it yeah it's just it does really gloss over the majority of these things it doesn't yeah have any interest in i don't even think it has an interest in like having these characters be empowering it's just like well these are just words these characters will say i you know yeah yeah it's their their Dungeons and Dragons archetypes and like the way they assemble the group and everything is very much like a. Th- this was like feeding directly into nerds' brains as they were composing their own D and D campaigns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to be as uncharitable to say like this is kind of paint by numbers this film, but it has that quality to it. It's kind of paint. It's kind of paint by numbers. <laughs> paint by numbers with blood. Oh. Um. Yeah. So what else don't we like about this movie? Um. I guess tying back into that team thing and and the characterization of Conan, um, th- this really comes through a lot. Um, the team, the the group doesn't do much. Like Conan does all of all of the work. That's true. Like, um, they kill some other soldiers next to him, and like the wizard guy casts some spells. But like, you could easily re- rewrite this with just Conan, which would be more true to his character because he's he's always kind of a lone wolf, even when he's part of a group. He's always apart. Um, just acting completely on his own because Howard, Howard's philosophy was like that civilization is decadent and corrupt and, and true men go their own way and everything. Um, again, fascist stuff, but, <laughs> like, but um, all of which is to say that the group is, is pretty useless for a lot of, for a lot of the, the runtime. Yeah, it's true. It's kind of like, it has like a CW, like DC superhero vibe to it too. Yes. Where it's like, 
That is spot on. <laughs> this character that's very much like a, a solitary character. Like look at like the Flash or even Green Arrow, right? And it's yes. like then we have to just add this like other cast of characters. Otherwise, like there would be really like no cast to speak of. And and basically they act as the narration because yeah. like they they tell each other like things that are going on or what or what they think. And like if you were reading a book, especially like a purple prose like pulp book, that would be embedded in the narration, not as dialogue. Right exactly yeah so i don't know it's i appreciate like the characters and we'll get into this a little bit more about what we like about the film but you're right i mean in terms of the plot there's 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 no use for any of them no um and i guess to get to the plot uh when we meet conan um and in keeping with this he already has a friend he has um what's the character Uh, malik yeah and he's by, from the first Trace. one, but just a different actor. Mm, Malik is? No, you're th- I think you're thinking of um, Subotai. Oh, okay. So they just replaced that character with this they, guy. They replaced Subotai with, with Malik. Oh, um, I forgot his name entirely. <laughs> yeah. From the first <laughs> movie. I watched these like in quick succession. And I'm just like, I don't know. These are the same. Besides, you know, Ed, one's funny and one's similar- not. <laughs> Similar to how I watched um, the Godfather series, you watched the Conan series. Yeah, I know exactly. Just, I shotgunned the Conan series in like a matter yeah. of three days. So, so Tracy Walter, who you have seen as that guy in a ton of movies that you, you just can't remember right now. Oh yeah. Um, he he's Conan's buddy. Um, he's he's like a cowardly thief. Um, and Conan is, is Conan. He he misses Valeria, his girlfriend from the first movie who died in the first movie right. so that there is continuity between there, these yeah two. that's true it is and even it starts with the same narration mm. like the exact same narration yeah, I, by mako <laughs> yep yep they just re- replayed it um some some uh knights on horseback attempt to capture conan and malik um and they they fail they don't because he's he's basically invincible um but then we we see that the queen what's her name queen uh uh Taramis. Taram, yeah, something like that. Taram. Yeah, she she had ridden with them because she had heard of Conan's fame and wanted to capture him. Right. Yeah, and she has a quest for him. So uh, then we get to the uh, the Shadazar. I think is her kingdom, or maybe the name of the castle. I don't know. Um, Fantasy Kingdom sixty five B. It's very no, generic. It's very generic. Um, although there's a lot of peacocks running around, um, and that reminds yeah. me of the um, the second DLC for The Witcher three um, called Blood mm. and Wine. You go to like kind oh, yeah. of a, a French countryside type uh, kingdom called Toussaint, uh, and there's a lot of peacocks okay. running around there. So, and that that actually tied in with her costume because on her cape she had a peacock, I think, or some kind of bird, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She also so, had like yeah, white so lady I mean, dreadlocks or, or cornrows. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that was supposed to be evocative of like Assyrian wigs or something. Mm. Like they they would they would curl their hair and like and with with the, like the slabs of white marble in that in that city. I think that's what they were going for. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. It was. I mean, it's um, a cool set. Like you know. Yeah. But it it is a cool set. Um, it does have that like. 80s fantasy problem though like um and I, I, I was talking about this earlier like the exterior sets like everything looks like shit yeah <laughs> everything looks like really cr- <laughs> like it just looks like literal antiques in the real world which they probably were 
Oh yeah. Um, but but then you go inside the castle and it's supposed to look like nice and fancy and it, it, it's just discordant between the inside and the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of felt like, to some degree, even the um, the never ending story had like a very like yeah. Uh, yeah. Even even the 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 princess she had the, very much like the child empress like vibe except like yes with sexuality. <laughs> unfortunately yeah um and to bring it back to one of our other bonus episodes um it, it's similar to the i forget what they're called the the ewok enemy castle oh yeah the, the, those like basic orcs like space orc guys the orcs. yeah the, mar- the marauders the yes marauders. that's right yep yeah it is it is very much like the the marauders except the interior of the marauders was more like grungy like more dungeon-esque true yeah it, it definitely matched up there mm-hmm. um so in terms of like the uh, the Procon Castle uh, continuity, that's the best one. <laughs> yes, yes, that that's the top of the Procon Castle hierarchy. Um, um, but yeah, so Queen Taramis gives him his his quest. She says basically, bring my my niece. Uh, is it daughter or niece? I don't remember. Princess Jenna. Bring <laughs> bring Princess Jenna. Bring Princess Jenna um, and find this horn this enchanted magic horn and bring it back and then i'll raise valeria from the dead for you right yeah um um, very um just it's it's very obvious like the horn's supposed to be like a dick it's just like it's (laughs) It's, all about getting that d like it's just very obvious stuff wilt chamberlain um who allegedly slept with like over three thousand women in in real life right um has has to protect the princess's virginity. Yeah. Oh my god, I forgot that's, that's a line of, of dialogue. Yeah, I forgot that's part of this movie. <laughs> yeah, so um Queen Taramis is, is obviously lying to Conan um because he he's dumb. Like he, you can't bring people back to life and like he, he wouldn't be that dumb. <laughs> um but she is she tells her captain of the guard, um Bombassa, uh, who's Wilt, Wilt Chamberlain. Bombada? Bom- Bombada. Bomb- Bombada. Bombasta would be an amazing name yeah. as well, but <laughs> Bombada um to uh guard um Princess Jenna in her virginity. Um and then also to backstab Conan as soon as they get the horn. Right, yeah, because Princess Jenna actually has to be sacrificed, has to be a virgin sacrifice to bring back the right. god Dagoth, um, who's gonna basically usher in the apocalypse, more or less. And interestingly, um Howard and Lovecraft, they they were friends and they they did correspond. And there's like very 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 loose allusions to Lovecraftian creatures in some of the Conan stories. Oh, nice. Um, some later authors, I think the the author August Derleth, he made it explicit that they they were in continuity with each other. Like Cthulhu could have existed in Conan's time. Gotcha. Um, but but in the actual stories, it's like very vaguely alluded to. It's it's more of like a tonal thing. Um, which is appropriate, but um, in in my opinion, but so yeah, so basically, Dagoth is kind of like a Cthulhu Lovecraft. God. Yeah, for sure, he totally is, especially when we see him. Um, very, <laughs> very Lovecraftian. Yeah, so the story starts now, or the adventure begins. Um, to, is the first stop the Crystal Castle, or something else? Happen? No. Oh no, um, they they meet Grace Jones. No, even before that, um, they they ride past. Uh, the pharaoh like statues which are cool they ride past the, the mammoth skeleton yeah, which is that pretty was cool. cool and then in one of the in one of the forest scenes they um they they're going to find the wizard mako 
Yes. But they find that he's he's about to be eaten by savages, that's basically. Right. Yeah, the cannibals. The, okay, that's right. That's yeah. the first stop. Yes. Yes. I, they have a fight scene. Yeah. And, like, the savages were definitely non-white, right? Yeah. I don't remember. Um, they, they're painted, they're painted white. Like they, they literally have like, <laughs> they literally have like, but it, it's supposed to look like, like, like caveman, like war paint or whatever, but it's like paint, like painted white all over their bodies. Um, and they want to eat the wizard cause they want to get magic in their blood, which is like, eh, it's like a very Howard thing. Um, and what's the wizard? I mean, Mako's his real name. Um, Akiro. Akiro. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, another returning character from the first movie. Mm-hmm. It's a very whatever scene. I mean, the fight is pretty quick. Like Conan literally like bops one of them on his, their head with his sword. Like it's not even like he like slashes the head open. He's just like literally just nope. like boom. <laughs> <laughs> and and actually, that's the last enemy that he that he dispatches. And as soon as he does that, the music just cuts off immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's really it's it's like he hit the stop button. It's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> um. So and then is this when we meet Grace Jones after that? Yes, after this, they, they go into 80s generic fantasy uh, trading town, right. uh, 38, 38D. <laughs> it's it's very similar to the towns in the first movie. Yeah, just piles of shit everywhere, like literal human feces. Yeah. This isn't when he punches the camel again. That's before, right? When they go to the, the Shadazar castle, is that when he punches the camel again? <laughs> Yes, uh, when 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 Queen Taramis brings him back to her castle, um, he runs into the camel that he punched in the yeah. first movie. Yeah, and he like he, he says like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm very sorry for punching you, Mister Camel." And then the camel spits <laughs> in his face, and he punches the camel again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's very funny. What's um, interesting too, and this is kind of a tie-in to our Tarzan episode. Conan is like famous throughout the land as well. Yeah. So it's kind of that metatextual, yep. like you know famous pulp hero being famous in their movie just like tarzan had like pulp stories written about him in the legend of tarzan yeah yeah and i guess even in the continuity um the continuity of the stories of course like conan he starts off unknown and, and then he gets more famous as he does more things but um in, in this continuity of the movies i guess in the first one he killed a famous cult leader so like people would know of him from that yeah i mean the snake cult was like incredibly popular and well-known throughout the land like they had giant like towers in every town yeah more or less so yeah yeah that's the that's the thing i like about the first one like there's a lot of that that the mythic quality to it and like we get a little bit of the mythic quality in this one it's a little toned down um but it's Mm -hmm. definitely the problem with the 2011 uh, conan there's just like no mythic properties about it at all so i mean kudos to these films for at least like um I don't know, making these larger-than-life characters seem actually larger-than-life. And I do like um, how in this one, there there is the threat of, like, bringing devastation um, when they resurrect Dagoth, but um, it does feel more like just, like, a random, oh, another day in the life of a barbarian. Like, it it, it doesn't feel like like this huge, like, cosmic fate that's driving everything. He's just, like he's a barbarian he gets in fights and he does what he wants and he's just dragged along and it's just like it's just another adventure Mm -hmm. yeah and i think the first one does a better um job at making the the quest and you know the journey seem like very legendary and mythic and this one scales it down and then 
scaled down even further 2011 and then if we make another conan movie it's just gonna be like i don't know he's a barista or something like he will <laughs> there's no there'll be nothing special about him <laughs> um well they do i mean they they allude to a potential third movie at the end of the first one and at the end of this one yeah this the that, literal I, same I, shot <laughs> yes and i i think um that like the like conan Conan the King is what like the the prospective name would have been. It's it's been one of those things that's been in development hell for yeah. a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, they they keep trying to revive it. They keep trying to make it happen. Um, and specifically with older Arnold as right Conan's age that he would have been. Mm-hmm. I think they were close, but then he campaigned for governor of California. Like I think that's literally what stopped them from making it. <laughs> instead of instead of Conan the King, it's Conan the governor. <laughs> Conan the governor. <laughs> He can travel uh, to his friend uh, Jesse Ventura's kingdom. Uh, oh my god! Yes, <laughs> they can yeah. talk about chemtrails, um, and then can talk to the Rat King, another governor. <laughs> another governor, yes. <laughs> um, Pete Buttigieg actually has a, a small cameo in this movie as a young child. Um, he scares Grace Jones. A little rat runs by. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that odd <laughs> sequence where like they're they're in some dungeon and she's like super scared of a rat, and that's supposed to be funny because she's like this badass yeah. warrior, and everybody's like, "Oh, what's, what's up? Oh, it's just a rat." But yeah, speaking of Grace Jones, this is when we meet her. Um, she's chained to like a post, and a bunch of, I guess like random bandits are like are, like like poking her and prodding her and trying to get her riled up and everything. Right. Because she um, was with like a bandit gang that came into town and looted shit or something. And the rest right. of them were killed and she was captured. Yeah. Um, and Conan does, he, he cuts her chain loose, um, which allows her to start beating them up, which was um, a very Conan thing to do. Like he'll help you a little bit, but you still have to, you still have to save yourself at the same time. Right. Yeah. And it also makes sense that he would help her too, because like, he was a slave once mm-hmm. um, in the first movie. And I guess he respects strength and he saw that she was fighting fighting back too. Uh, they leave they leave Shitsville and they <laughs> um, they start to ride away. But then Grace Jones catches up and Wilt Chamberlain tries to dissuade her from joining the group. But they fight and we, we get a pretty interesting... It, it's Grace Jones versus Wilt Chamberlain in like wearing barbarian skins. It, it's pretty entertaining. Um, not even though that the choreography leaves much to be desired. No, yeah, I think does she she flips over him or she fl- does a judo thing. Like I don't remember what happens in this fight scene. She 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 like rides at him with a big spear, but he cuts the spear into like five pieces, and then they start like they start wrestling. Um, they like throw themselves at each other and just like bounce off each other and fall to the ground. It, it, it's 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 very lackluster choreography. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I remember being fairly goofy as well. Yeah. But the group gets a new player, so they needed a new character introduction. Yes. Uh, and that, that was that. Mm-hmm. So I guess the team that we have is Conan, um, Princess Jenna, because she's the only one that can can we, can wield the horn. Um, Bombata, her, her bodyguard. Um, Mako Akiro, Akiro, the wizard. Um, and Malik. Yeah, Malik. I, was, I keep forgetting Malik's name. Yeah, I don't they don't know. say it much. He doesn't. Uh, he also does nothing throughout this whole movie. Just yeah, he, sidekick, uh, comedic relief. And Grace Jones, Zula, the warrior. Right, that's her name. Right. Yeah, it's a hilarious name too. It's like so close to Zulu. It's. <laughs> it's just like saying. It's just like calling her like oh oh the African. Yeah, like, no, it really is. I mean, yeah. uh, you gotta love the '80s, folks. You gotta love it. 
Yeah, you gotta love the 80s. Um, you don't. You do not have to love the 80s if you do not want to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I guess Akira is kind of similar to Akira. Yeah. Yeah. Just changing one word <laughs> of, of these, like these things. Uh, or one letter. Um, so, yeah, they get to the castle. And this was super goofy, but I kind of love it still. Yeah. The, the Crystal Castle. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a wizard. And, and what, what was that actor's name? Is that Jeff Corey? Uh, that is... Pat Roach. Pat that's Pat Roach, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and Pat Roach is in the Indiana Jones movies. He's in all of them. The original ones. The original ones, ones, right. Yeah. Um he's the Nazi mechanic who gets the propeller blade. Um he's uh in brown face in the second movie. (laughs) He he's the thuggy slave driver. Yeah. The big one that gets squished by the the rolling right. press, and then he's—I don't—I don't remember his character in the third one, but Wikipedia says he's a Gestapo. Maybe in the scene where Indy, Indy meets Hitler. Maybe in the castle. Because that, no, no, like when they actually go to Berlin to to save the the notebook. Oh, okay. The diary. Isn't that in a and castle? He runs into Isn't Hitler, that like in the German castle. That happens before. Oh, That's when he rescues his dad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Or maybe it's even in like the Zeppelin. Like the blimp. Yeah, actually, it could. It could. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Lots of Nazi shit. Yeah, in the movie. yeah, it's Nazis, Nazis, Nazis. Um, but yeah, so but here he's he plays a wizard. Yes, he plays the wizard. What's the wizard's name? Thoth Amon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The whole time I was uh, just like, is motherfuckers, a thought. <laughs> it's not thought. It's Thoth. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, like the Egyptian god of right the, of learning. Yeah, it's yeah. it's thought, folks. It's thought. Don't, don't let <laughs> somebody tell you otherwise. <laughs> He's a thought. Um, so the group camps at the edge of the lake because Crystal Castle is in the middle of this lake. It's very, very classic uh, fantasy pulp stuff. Um, and the wizard, of course, he had been watching them in a crystal ball. He he casts um, shapeshift on himself, right. and he turns he turns into a shadow a shadow bird, which is pretty. I actually kind of like this effect. Like it looks really cheesy when it's in bird form. But when he abducts Princess Jenna, like a shadow falls over her, and then when the shadow leaves, she's gone. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of looks like a pterodactyl, also, like when it's flying mm-hmm. through, like the 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 mist, the fog that's on the, the yeah. lake. Um, and it's I guess it's rotoscoping, I'd imagine. Yeah. It, I mean, eighty four. It had like what yeah. else would it be? Yeah. It was an actual pterodactyl, folks. Um, it's similar to the rotoscoping in the first movie when like Conan's half dead and those, they fight those spirits, those like red spirits. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, yes. It's, um, it's got to be the same rotoscoping effect. Yeah. Um. So they, the group, they wake up, they find that Jenna's gone. They they pile into a boat that's right there and they they paddle to the castle. Uh, and the castle set was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um. It's it, it's it's not really like a castle it's it's kind of more like a cave that was carved into the shape of a castle yeah. um from the crystal itself it has like this very icy um look and feel to everything mm-hmm. yeah um and it also reminds me of uh phantom of the opera uh yes because <laughs> they're in a little gondola yes. and then yep. when we meet the wizard or when the the crew meets the wizard he's wearing like this ridiculous red cape uh in in a mirror room in a, a gigantic mm-hmm. mirror room uh very much like the the fandom's mirror trap and the wizard has he's missing an eye with a scar that's right on half of his face right. which is like which is like eric yeah <laughs> 
and he he steals away the girl. He puts her in a bed. Yeah. In a, in a, oh my god. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Amazing. Um, there's one actually really interesting couple of shots in the in the castle. Um, there's there's a there there's a scene. They're climbing like the staircase around this gigantic pillar, and Malik becomes he's the bumbling idiot. He he slips and he almost falls down the staircase, oh, yeah. but Conan catches him. Mm-hmm. And the reaction, like we see him slip and trip. And then the reaction shot of when Conan catches him, the camera's pulled way back, and it, it like it looks like a matte painting. Yeah, it's got to um, be. It's 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 which gorgeous. is such. Yeah, it looks really cool, but like it, it's such a bad reaction shot for like catching someone as they're about to fall. Yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> but and and then like it holds that shot, and then they continue behind the pillar, and they come out on the other side of the pillar on a bridge, and it looks super cool. And I, I feel like that sequence kind of kind of represents the movie as a whole like technically very bad because like <laughs> the, the like the reaction shot of of somebody falling and then being caught by somebody else like you you would you would show them fall and then you would show like their hand the person's hand reaching out and grabbing them or like right. their face as they almost mm-hmm. fall you wouldn't, you wouldn't do it in an extreme back. wide shot yeah <laughs> where you can barely even see what's going <laughs> yeah. on but that that extreme wide shot in that matte painting look super dope mm-hmm. and it's it's very weird and like off kilter yeah it's so like t- technically bad but weird and off kilter and kind of cool yeah no it that definitely should be the tagline for this movie that's yeah. <laughs> technically bad <laughs> yes Yes, and then they, um, so the reason they're going to this crystal castle is to, well, get a crystal, um, but yep. I was confused by this, so they have to get the crystal so then they can get the horn of Dagoth. Yep. Um, I, I, the, I thought the they were just going to get the, the horn there. I was like, oh, and yep. then this is over in five minutes. No, it's, you get a crystal key to get the horn. Yeah, all, all of this, it sounds like the main meat of the quest, but it's like the first half of the movie. Yeah, very much. Um, Conan has a, a mini boss fight with, um, I guess the wizard creates this monster out of like mirrors and glass, right. which is kind of yeah. cool. It's like man ape looking character. Um, it looks really goofy. The goofiest <laughs> motherfucker, honestly. Like Dagoth, who we see later is pretty cool. Still a bit goofy. Yep. If that is maybe like an S tier Power Rangers villain, this is very much like a, I'd maybe give it a C sloping towards a D tier. Yeah, it's um, it's wearing the same red cape because I, I think the wizard like took off his little cape and put on <laughs> put it on this monster. No, because actually he's he's still wearing the red cape too. Yeah, it's it, I mean it's kind of him. It's kind of like his avatar, like a projection of him, sort of. Yeah, because like he when he sees Conan and the group come into his chamber, he hides inside like a crystal, like a giant crystal, like ar- like armored uh, like capsule for right. him to hide into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's sort of controlling this monster or at least linked to the monster yeah. um something like that yeah but i mean it's sort of like i don't know i was reading online it's it's considered like the man ape but like if i didn't read that i couldn't tell you what this thing's supposed to actually look like that is actually i think again from the very first conan story the phoenix on the sword really um let me confirm that just because i I'm, I'm interested but um but yeah, the, the, this fight scene is is goofy. The the man ape tries to strangle Conan, um, and Conan fights back, but he can't harm him with his sword. But if he smashes the mirrors, it it 
it creates wounds on the man ape. Yeah, it, it creates like these giant lacerations on the man ape's body. Um, yeah. yeah, and him and the man ape just like they they get into a wrestling match because Pat Roach, who who plays man ape and the sorcerer, was a wrestler. Um, so like, yeah, they just like yeah. do like suplexes and shit on each other. It's it's pretty great. Um, yes, uh, Manape and and Thothamon, who creates Manape, are from the very first Conan story. Oh shit, that's cool. Yep, nice. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, Conan Conan kills Thothamon too. He throws a sword through through the mirror and it stabs the wizard, so he dies. Right, right. Also, when they're when they're fighting, um, he does that classic move. Uh, the the Manape does the classic move of like grabbing Arnold Schwarzenegger by the legs and like twirling him about. <laughs> <laughs> and the face he makes is so classic it's really good he's like Ooh. <laughs> so yeah that happens um they get the crystal and of course as soon as they well they, they save jenna and then jenna grabs a crystal because she's the only one that can wield it um and as soon as she's holding as, as soon as they pick up the crystal from the from the from the dais um the whole it all starts to collapse and they all have to escape Right, yeah, so then they just get back on the gondola, they leave, um, and then, the, is this when they're ambushed in the in the forest? Yes, so throughout the their journey up to this point, um, Queen Taramis had sent um, an elite knight group after them to murder Conan after the wizard was taken care of. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a okay fight scene, um... It's just like it's adequate for sure. Yeah. It just like pales in comparison to the fight scenes of the first one. Um you know, for all of its foibles, the first film has great fight sequences. Yeah. Um this this one I think a lot of the fight scenes all of the fight sequences are really dumb just cuz it's like they do that shitty fantasy thing where like the hero smacks a guy in the shoulder with like the flat of his sword and that kills him right right um but there there was one drawn out fight it was like with the leader of the guard captain not bombada just another sub commander or whatever and him and conan like run at each other on their horses and they clash their swords and they fall off and they have a sword fight on the ground uh that was a, that was a little more drawn out and had more to it mm-hmm. i think that actor was actually one of the main um snake clan um like Mm. captains from the first movie actually like one of the guys who like kills conan's family um right yeah yeah one of, like, those, um, i think very like i don't know like irish looking motherfuckers with like terrible yeah. long hair that just does not <laughs> fit on their heads at all yes <laughs> yes um these ruddy face motherfuckers if, yes it's what conan should be yeah. should look like really <laughs> um and after Conan kills that guy, Bombada tries to attack Conan, but Jenna jumps in front. She's like, no, what are you doing? What are you doing? He's like, oh, I I thought you were trying to kill the princess. And Conan's <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> okay. I believe you. Yes, Mr. Chamberlain, I believe you. <laughs> yeah, he's so dumb in that, like, <laughs> so shady shit is going on. They're, they're attacked by what are obviously the queen's guards in the same outfits as prior like what the fuck conan's really dumb in this movie movie. yeah although like i will say this scene um at least showcases like the different weapons that the crew yeah 
um, wields. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So like Conan has a sword. Um, Grace Jones has a spear. Uh, Malik, his little thief buddy, has like two knives. And he actually like he kills a few people throughout the movie. Yeah, he he does like backstabby stuff. Yeah, with him. I like in the first fight scene um, when they're in the desert. It's just him and Conan. He like jumps on one guy on a horse, stabs him in the back a few times, but then the guy like falls down. And like falls on Malik, and then Malik yeah, the, drags him down. <laughs> yeah, and the rest of this the fight sequence, he's just like under this gigantic guy. He's like, he's like help, help. Yeah, in in Wilt Chamberlain Vambada, he has this this cool Morning Star, um, which for for those of you not in the know, <laughs> a, a Morning Star is a, is a uh, a long thin shaft of metal. Um, on one end is a metal ball with spikes. Um, so like you, you everyone's seen that kind of yeah. stock fantasy weapon. But um, but well, Chamberlain's is cool because like on one, on one side of the of the metal sphere, there's like this giant bird beak that he uses to like brain people with sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like this blade cool. extension. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, a morning star is basically a mace, right? Um, a mace is more bludgeoning. It it doesn't really draw blood. Okay. Um, and. Uh, this is kind of like half cobbled together D and D lore with like maybe real world history, <laughs> but like the re- the reasons that um, clerics and like holy men use maces instead of swords is because they're prohibited from drawing blood, but they're not prohibited from breaking people's bones. Gotcha. Right. So yeah. So they that that that's why it's like the classic cleric weapon. Gotcha. Okay. So that's why it's yeah. it's blunt force, not like you know, slashing not or punk- puncture, puncture or slashing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I I guess you could say like a morning star is a, a specialized type of mace. Okay, gotcha. Because like, a, a mace is basically like a metal club, like a, a metal baseball bat. Right. right. Yeah, where, whereas a Morningstar adds spikes in a ball on the mm-hmm. end. Cool. Um, isn't Morningstar like another name for like Lucifer? Yes. The The Morningstar is Venus, which is um, the brightest non-moon object in the night sky, which is another term for like Lucifer, Lightbringer. Yeah. Damn, people. You're learning so much right now. You're learning so much <laughs> weird quasi-historical fantasy stuff right now. Yeah, I only know that Lucifer's called the Morning Star because they mentioned that in the Kevin Smith film Dogma. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Which we could probably do. And then uh, people, people like, like that it too much. much. There's other enough, Kevin but... Smith films we can do. Anyway, um, this is all to say the next uh, 40 minutes of this movie are dog shit. Yeah. Um, Nothing happens. We get that. We get that campfire scene where they try to bond, and oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Princess Jenna is like, "Oh, do you, what do you do to to attract a man and keep him? Like, what what are men like? It's just very like weird sexual politics because she's supposed to be like a virgin, but yeah. she wants Conan, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. Conan kind of goes from in the first film being like a total Chad who just like beds everybody, and then in this film he's yeah. kind of like Valsell, like he's just like I have no yeah. interest in sex with you, little woman. No, thank you. Well, the only woman he wants to have sex with ever again is Valeria, who's dead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he's saving himself until Valeria yeah. is 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 brought back. Olivia Dabo. Th- this was her first role, I believe. What? Um, Damn. Yeah. And um, she looks just like an anime character, like, like an <laughs> 80s anime character. Like she, she's very moe. She has like giant eyes and like her hair is like kind of curled in the way that you see in like, I guess Akira, but like those characters are kind of more punky, but like, um, I don't know, something like, 
kind of like Sailor Moon, like that bob. Right. It just, it just looked like mm-hmm. she just looked like she was cosplaying the entire time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just a strange character. I don't know. I guess yeah. I wish they didn't go that route, but I don't know. She's kind of the fail child of this movie. She is. Yeah. She does absolutely nothing. The only reason she's brought along is because of this weird incel vibe. Um, because she's she's kept locked up in a castle, so she is involuntarily celibate. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> and she's only brought along because of that, and she constantly fucks up and constantly has to be saved. Right. Yeah. She's and well, she's also the only person who can wield both the crystal key and then Dagoth's horn. But yeah, but they mentioned that like in addition to the circumstances of her birth, if she's not a virgin anymore, the sacrifice won't work. Right. right. So like being incel is a defining aspect of the reason she's on this on this journey (laughs) oh geez there's one other sequence that's somewhat memorable in this section Mm. um when they go to claim the horn of dagoth yeah the the temple of dagoth is it's interesting it's it's pretty distinct from the crystal castle because um it's very dark and like it's very much made of like rock as opposed to the icy, crystally um, structures of the castle, right, and it's subterranean as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, so it's subterranean as opposed to being in, in the middle middle of a lake. Um, the wizard gets the Akiro gets like most of his action in this sequence too, because like he does that thing where Conan grabs a torch and motions to Akiro, and he they set off like a firecracker inside the torch, right. like which lights it up. Yeah, there's another sorcerer um is he like the grand vizier is that that character yeah the he the grand the leader of like a cult that guards the temple um they they accost them and they're like oh well well you you found someone who can wield the horn we'll we'll take the horn and the princess now and they're like oh fuck this and they just start killing people but they're they're led those guards are led by the grand vizier who's played by jeff Corey. Mm-hmm. yeah and so he's um a magician as well or or you know a, a wizard and uh him and um akiro have kind of like a wizard off um but it's very simple yeah. and it was kind of cool like you know you don't see any like yeah. flashy stuff that you'd see in you know like the harry potter movies or even like uh you know like the wizard battle at the end of uh little trouble in uh big big trouble in little china like it's just like yes invisible stuff like they just like make weird faces and hand motions and then like things happen you know what it did remind me of um the wizard battle in fellowship of the ring when gandalf and saruman it's just telekinesis and like there's it's very stripped down um because in in that movie they just throw each other around with telekinesis but in, in this one um they're escaping through a chamber and there's like a a door that it, it's carved in the shape of of, of Dagoth, uh, like like this big monstrous jaw, and the the good guys are on one side. They're trying to shut it so they can escape, um, but the the good wizard, the evil wizard, is trying to raise it so his guards can rush in, and like him and Akira are just like doing their mental thing. They're like making constipated faces <laughs> at each other, and the door like goes up, the door goes down, the door goes up, the door goes down. Yeah, you could uh, you can like edit it to like the Benny Hill music, and then uh, just like put it at double speed yes <laughs> also the evil wizard does some some motions with his hands like to direct his his guards his troops like he does like these sweeping hand mm. motions so it made it seem like he was controlling them kind oh, of yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they had like cool costumes i mean 
yeah. they're a little different than the other characters but yeah it's it's, it's something <laughs> yeah uh conan and crew escape down a random tunnel um but Bombada, he's in the lead with Jenna, and he makes a tunnel collapse behind them. And well, they break, they only escape. behind Conan. Everybody else is in front. Like Akira. Oh, no. no every, everyone, behind. Everyone else. That's right. Is Malik still behind? All, all, and, and Grace Jones? Yeah, because the whole idea is that Bombada separates Jenna from the group. Oh, okay. Um, he, has, he, he seals them off behind them, and then by the time he and Jenna get outside, Jenna's like, oh, where's everyone else? And he's like, oh, they're coming. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's get you back home quick. Yeah. Um, and then Conan, like, breaks out of a rock formation. And they, they all Yeah, they, 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 they shift enough rocks aside so that they can get through, too. But by the time they do that and get the horses, Bombada and, and Jenna are already on the way back to the castle. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then this is the final set piece in the castle. Um, they yes. um, raise the uh, the god Dagoth uh, by placing a horn on a statue. Yeah, the, um, there there it actually kind of reminded me of the end of Supergirl. Um, oh shit! Yeah, that's there, very true. yeah. There, there's this god, god statue, and they start to resurrect it. And um, in Queen Taramis very specifically says to like her head priest like as as soon as Dagoth comes back to life we have to kill Jenna um otherwise like he'll be uncontrollable right and and they're about to do that but then Grace Jones does a javelin throw and kills the the head priest who was about to kill Jenna just as Dagoth comes back alive so they resurrect Dagoth but he's uncontrollable and he's just going like batshit crazy yeah and even before that when conan and and the crew are are um sneaking into the castle he does uh, like a, a hitman move where he like throws a stone at yes. some guards they look down they're like oh what's what's that noise and then like huh? he, he rushes yeah. them and then the other two like go down a hallway malik and uh and, and zula yeah they they literally do like the the hitman metal gear solid splinter cell move of picking up something Cousin of Distraction. The guys are like, huh? They both look in unison like at the sound. <laughs> it's really funny. It's incredible. Um, but yeah, so then there's just this uh, fight sequence uh, between mostly really Conan and the monster. I think everybody else kind of does a little bit of something. I know Malik throws some knives, but it's mostly Conan and the monster. Everyone else jumps in. And, and one funny part was a random palace guard runs forward and tries to stab Dagoth, but he just gets like stepped on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's just like chaotic and like there's lightning going off and the monster's roaring and and he he gores um, Queen Taramis with with the horn, right? Yeah, um, Dagoth looks pretty cool. He kind of he's like we said, kind of Lovecraftian. Um, he's just kind of like a big gray mass, almost like a rhinoceros, yeah. except if you cut like a rhinoceros' snout off, uh, put its horn on top of its head as opposed to its nose, and then yep. where its nose was, it basically has like a vagina. Yeah, it um it has some like flippers on his forearms yes, too, which right. makes it Lovecraftian. And the vagina mouth is very Lovecraftian because that's like what he was afraid of. <laughs> um, it's, um, but yeah, he he just runs around. And this this is the character that's played by Andre the Giant. Yes, yeah. So we have two wrestlers, right. Pat Roach and Andre the Giant, in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Conan rip, Akira figures it out. He's like, take out his horn, and Conan rips the horn out. 
Which kills the creature. Yeah. And I think that's when Malak like throws a knife in its head as well. Yeah, he distracts it. He does a knife throw. Um I think Grace Jones, Zula stabs him once, but then she gets tossed aside as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, and before this is when Conan and Wilt Chamberlain fight. Oh right, yeah. Jesus, that's a big part because um as they're sneaking in and as Zula gets set up to throw the spear at the head priest, Conan and Conan and uh, Bombada are yeah. having a final a final duel. Mm-hmm. He kills him. I don't remember how. Yeah. But... Yeah. He um. Know, he just stabs he stabs him. him yeah. Oh no. He he stabs him with his own knife that he pulls from his belt. That's right. Right. Because he's a thief. Yeah. Um, get it. And doesn't Conan get an axe at one point too? Like I don't think he uses it, but. He dual wields no, for like it. two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. He just he just poses with it. Basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get that pose bonus. Yeah. The Wilt Chamberlain character reminded me of um, Kareem Abdul Jabbar from Enter the Dragon. Oh yeah, yeah. It's very similar. Because he he he's he like towers over everyone else. He, even like even Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's like two feet taller than him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's kind of funny when they're trying to put them all in the same shot and like full body yes. like Will Chamberlain yeah. has to basically like kneel down or at least crouch the majority of this film it's really, it's really funny when he he has a lot of scenes with Olivia Dabo when they're standing next yes. to each other because like he, he's literally like double her height yeah she's like maybe four foot ten yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah this movie just ends after that it ends on the literal same shot that the first movie ends on of King Conan on his throne surrounded by like mist um, and yeah. it just pulls back and it has a narration about how there's more adventures to come. Well, I guess also everyone on the team, Princess Jenna becomes the queen. Right. And she and she bequeaths um, positions in the court to to Zula, Akiro, and um, Malik. And uh, Malik. The yeah, name you will never remember. <laughs> nope. And, um, and she offers, she's like, oh, Conan marry me and be my king he's like no yeah <laughs> he leaves <laughs> well he, he has this the, he's like oh, i want to find my own kingdom and, and make my own thing and right yeah yeah he he just he just walks away and that's it mm-hmm. yep yep um yeah and that's, that's he doesn't movie. he doesn't destroy too much in conan the destroyer no i mean he destroys like a god i guess that's kind of cool like i mean the idea of like him fighting like a literal god is pretty cool actually speaking of that that ties into our first uh, worker of note here it does actually yes uh this is a hall of famer now a procon hall of famer Hell yeah. um carlo rimbaldi um who uh we had previously discussed his work uh, on dune uh funny enough mm-hmm. that's oh that's hilarious yep. so like he just he basically was just around on the set and they're like hey do you want to make a monster for this he's like hey yeah i make a monster <laughs> I'm, I'm making the monster <laughs> hey um yeah so he made like the sandworms in dune yeah and he made et um and uh the monster in the the german film possession and then, mm. uh, yeah, so he made Dagoth. E.T. slightly more famous than Dagoth. Yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, but no. <laughs> I wonder, I think he might be dead now. I wonder what he, if he's alive. I don't know. I'm not going to do the research. Um, but uh, I wonder what he thinks of the uh, that like Comcast commercial or Verizon or whatever it was that just aired last year. What? Remember that? Oh, have you seen it? The E.T. No. commercial? Yeah, there's an E.T. No. sequel 
It's a commercial for either Comcast or Verizon. It aired around Christmas time last year. God. It's like seven minutes long. He was not allowed to see that because okay, he passed good. away in 2012. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> good. good. <laughs> Mr. Rambaldi, I'm glad you're dead because you don't get to see this abomination. Oh, he actually also worked on Alien Movie, the first one, 79. Right. And uh, King Kong, the 76 version. Oh. Hmm. That might be one we should do. I think that was poorly received. That'll be his hat trick. The, yes. the Rambaldi hat trick. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, his work is always amazing. Um, he's definitely kind of one of the, the forefathers of, uh, of, uh, film, um, you know, special effects, um, up there with, you know, the greats like, um, Rick Baker, uh, Harry Housen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And he also did uh, close encounters of the third kind. Right. Yes. The aliens and that, the end of that, um, we have another worker of note. I just pulled this cause he had a cool name and a cool title. Uh, he's Kiyoshi Yamas- Yamasaki, uh, the sword master yes. of Conan the Destroyer. Hell yeah. Because <laughs> um, we were ragging on the fight scenes a little bit, but they're they're certainly competent. Um, there's a way to shoot this kind of stuff and there's a way to choreograph it. And it can be, it can come across really poorly. Um, so, and also just sword master sounds awesome. So mm-hmm. I, I gave it to that yeah. guy. I gave it to <laughs> Yamasaki right. here. I would say the problem with the fight scenes isn't so much the choreography because, you know, someone like Richard Fleischer knows how to shoot fight sequences. I mean, he right. made Viking, which like they were aping that style for the first Conan. So that, that's why they hired him for the second Conan. Um, but it's just a problem with the plot. I mean, the plot just doesn't know when yeah. to put fight sequences um, or just like what type of fight sequences, um, you know, I, 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 there's nothing spectacular about the fight sequence in the forest or the subterranean dungeon one. I can't, th- I can't it's, tell you what happens in those. It's literally like a random encounter on a D and D quest. Yeah. Um, so like, like filler between two sessions while the dungeon master creates a new dungeon for you to explore. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely more of a script problem than it is uh, a directorial yeah. or a choreographic problem. So yeah uh some other um workers of note here all uncredited so um we especially wanted to mention these um uh, moises pineda production buyer assistant mason cardiff production assistant arturo del rio production assistant chema hernandez head wrangler and chico hernandez wrangler for mexico huh. uh lots of horses, lots of horses. In this movie, so yeah um, and a lot of horse stunts too. Like a lot of the horses, they fall over in fight scenes. Um, right. Cause like if their rider gets like pushed off or pulled off or their head cut off and they fall down, it, the horses kind of tumble and then get up and run away. Like add some realism to that, mm-hmm. to those stunts. Yeah. And I was reading that, um, they had a hard time finding a horse for Wilt Chamberlain actually. Um, Because he's so enormous. enormous. So they found one in Spain and had to import it to Mexico, actually. Like a giant, strong horse. Just (laughs) just for Chamberlain. Amazing. That's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. All right. So uh, who do we recommend this film to, Nick? Um, Broke recommendation. Um, So if you have any angry young men in your life who, (laughs) who have fashy tendencies and who idealize... Um, the fascist narratives like the first Conan show them the first Conan movie like reel them in with that and then show them this movie which is like a softer more uh, community team building uh, focused version of the same character so like pull the pull them in with the first Conan uh, soften them up with this Conan and then like 
I don't know, de-radicalize them through Conan movies, yeah. I guess. Never show them the 2011 Conan. <laughs> this, this is this is stage two of the of the Conan de-radicalization program. Yeah, yeah. stage three, to be determined. Uh, <laughs> stage three, the, the spec script that I'm going to come up with for, 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 Con, for Conan the King. <laughs> um, our woke recommendation is um, watch this film if you want to be a pro-con uncut gems extended universe stan um, hell yeah so uh in the legend of tarzan there were gems uh so that was kind of mm-hmm. a prequel to uncut gems uh the safety brother movie for all of you who do not know starring adam sandler um and then this film there's a lot of gems in this one the the uh thief character malik he eats a lot of gems like that's how he's he does and i thought there were there was going to be like a, a visual gag that they brought back later yeah they only do twice like it, yeah it was going to have some payoff no, but nothing it, like i i thought he was going to get like stabbed in the gut but like stabbed in a way like it, it the the diamonds and the jewels like <laughs> they, they they prevent they it prevent, from like going all oh the way through God, or some, something incredible. dumb like that no he just he just eats gems for safekeeping poops them out later Baffling. and sells them he sells his poop gems <laughs> later <laughs> Poop show. <laughs> uh, so this is also a uh, uncut gems prequel this is the first one then it'll be legend of tarzan and then of course uh mix nuts um it's uh, yes. uh, starring adam sandler it's a, that he is the uh proto howard from uncut gems yes um, um and i guess another similarity between this and uncut gems is um they feature famous basketball players that's right oh my god because we got wilt, wilt chamberlain and, and garnett Holy respectively shit yes amazing pro cut uncut gems extended universe folks this will be returning we promise (laughs) yeah uh we'll we'll pick up similarities as as they come um bespoke recommendation is i guess recommendations for other tangentially related things um because this movie is basically a cartoon in real life um two cartoons that that i can connect this to are the justice league uh the the early aughts version of the justice league cartoon uh from bruce tim and paul dini um there's specifically a two-part episode while they're all two-part episodes uh eclipsed about um about eclipso and tracy walter uh, basically plays uh, malik from this movie um he plays a character named morphier who's like this barbarian who guards uh the cursed eclipso gem from the rest of society in the modern day and he just runs around like metropolis screaming about like trying to find he's like beware of the snakes in his like very distinctive voice um the other cartoon that we can recommend is avatar the last airbender yep. um, because of course uh, mako did uncle iroh uh, for the first two seasons before he passed away um and actually one of the, the one of the saddest episodes is dedicated to his memory that's right yeah uh it's it's the the leaves from the vine part where um Greg Baldwin, who replaces him, sings about Iroh's dead son, and it's dedicated to Mako. Very sad. Um, but Mako also did the voice of a coup for Samurai Jack. Yeah, and it's it's very much um, a, a callback to the Conan films because Aku does yes. the voiceover narration that opens uh, Samurai Jack. You know, and it's just like yep. the, the exact same narration, more or less. Yep. And um, the guy from Black Eyed Peas does the rap. Yes, Samurai Jack rap. That's right. But, um, Will I am? Yes, Will I am does the black back from the pack. Got to get back. Yes. Samurai Jack. Yes. <laughs> oh, amazing. Oh man. Yeah, watch all those um, cartoons, folk. They're good. They're good. Good shows. Good shows, folks. 
Um, but yeah, that's uh, Conan the Destroyer. Um, an interesting, slightly underrated flick. Uh, good for inspiration for D and D adventures. That's all I can say. Yeah, I co-sign that. Um, it, yeah, if you if you're big into fantasy stuff, you know this will not disappoint you. Um, it's uh, I think it's only like two hours. It's if that. It's actually no. It's like it's yeah, less. It's like one forty-five. Um, so it's shorter than the first one. Uh, Thank God. <laughs> Richard Fleischer is a, is a competent director. Uh, so, you know, it's it's a good Saturday afternoon flick. Um, and yeah, so I guess we will see you next time. Um, and we did allude to this in the in the main Conan episode, um, but we have one more film for, for Pulp Month coming up. Yeah, um, our final film for Pulp Month. Um, it, uh, in keeping with the, the pattern of Pulp Month, um, it is uh, similar to our second episode of Phantom of the Opera, or at least the character yep. is in in some ways. Yep. So, um, dun dun dun. What is it? Yeah, I guess we kind of did. Um, we did the two the two main like like groups of pulp. We have like the the wild savage hero Tarzan and Conan. We have also the uh, more gothic civilized antihero, as exemplified by um, Phantom of the Opera and To Be Named. Yep, definitely. All right, see you later, folks. See you then. So it was that Conan mourned his lost Valeria. At length he sought adventure in distant lands and trod the jeweled thrones of the earth beneath his sandaled feet. Until at last he found his own kingdom and wore his crown upon a troubled brow.